0: Hello, I am TCP White. I am on a mission to positively change the world. As I continue in this family series, I wish to focus on the much talked about love and submission in marriage. Love and submission in marriage. So in this episode, we shall be looking closely at this controversy and trying to answer a lot of the questions that a lot of people have asked and probably may have gotten some sort of answers or none at all and i trust that as we do this the lord will begin to minister healing to our homes i shall be reading from the popular scripture where all of this emanated from ephesians 5 i'll start reading from verse 21 it's a long read, so be patient with me. It says from the New King James Version Submitting to one another in the fear of God, marriage, Christ, and the church. Verse 22 Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing but that he should be holy, that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Verse 33, the last verse, nevertheless let each one of you nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I believe that when we read scripture, we must come to mind or we must recognize at all times that the scripture paints an ideal situation. That is where God expects us to be at. The scripture, which is the will of God for us, the mind of God for creation, is the ideal state where God intends for us to be. It is not where we are today, owing largely to the fall of man, but it is where God wants us to be. That is why he has sent us what we call in the Christian community a love letter, which is the Bible, that is always should be in our front, calling us to a place of perfection. If we read scripture, The Bible says in Genesis 17 and in Matthew chapter 5, the Lord is calling us to a place of perfection. The Lord said in Genesis 17 to Abraham, Be perfect as I am perfect. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I believe in verse 5. And in Matthew 5 verse 45, Jesus also said, or 48, He says, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So the Lord is calling us to a place of perfection. A place of ideal the ideal situation now that is not where we are today however that does not mean we should stop striving because that is the whole essence of our being Christians to continue to press on towards the mark of the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus I also believe that when we interpret scripture We must be careful not to interpret scripture based on our experiences. We see a lot of this going around today. People tend to use their personal experience to interpret scripture. No man is yet in the place where God wants us to be. So no matter how good our home or our lives may be, it is nowhere near where God wants us to be. So we must be careful not to use our experience or what is obtainable around, especially given our cultural biases, to interpret scripture. For example, I am reaching you from Africa, from Nigeria, Africa. I do not know exactly what is obtainable in Europe, except what I read in the the news or I follow on the nets. I do not know what obtains in Asia, in America and all parts of the world. I can only guess, or I can only have a glimpse of it by following the trend. However, if I use my cultural biases to interpret scripture, what I will do is that I am leaving out the other person from the other parts of the world to whom my culture does not apply. That is one of the other error that we do or we make in interpreting scripture. Scripture talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. No doubt, when we interpret scripture, we need to bring in some aspect of culture. But we must not subject scripture to our culture. Rather, our culture should be subjected to scripture because the mind of God supersedes and take preeminence over everything. So if we bring it home to the context of what we are discussing, love and submission in marriage, we will realize that a lot of the discussion that is going on out there in the world is most times A misinterpretation of scripture and that has given rise to a lot of protests. For example, in the African culture where I I, I belong, it is given that the male, it's a male-dominated culture. So the male factor has played a lot in the interpretation of this scripture. We have focused so much on the submission and not on the love. Because if we balance scripture with scripture, with the Lord is doing or with the Lord does at every point in time, the controversy will not be where it is today. We have used scripture as it were to advance our culture in the African context. And whereas in the other parts of the world, for example, in the Western world, where more seems to rely, more rights or privileges seems to be given to the female folks, they have done the reverse. So it is more or less like the culture over there in protest to what is obtainable in other parts of the world has swung to the other side of the pendulum. Whereas where God wants us to be, it's in the area of balance. In Africa, we have enforced submission. Whereas in the other parts of the world, they have enforced love and they we don't see any aspects of submission from the women to the male. So it is more or less like in Africa, the male factor, has the upper hand and i think in most parts in the asia whereas in the western world in europe in america south america and otherwise it is almost like the female folks has the upper hand but that is not what scripture requires that's not what scripture teaches the mind of god is that there should be a balance in the way we live bringing us to the place of the ideal and that is what i want to discuss in this subject so the scripture that we have read deals with the appropriate response in a loving relationship or if you want the appropriate responses given that marriage is between two persons it deals with the appropriate responses in a loving relationship we have relationships spanning all spheres of human involvement there are friends there are colleagues there are business partners, there are employees and employers, there are governments and the governed. All of these relationships have their terms and conditions and there is what is expected of both parties in that relationship. When we come to the marriage relationship, there is the appropriate response that both partners need to offer to be able to create the necessary harmony and balance in scripture and that is what I believe that this scripture is preaching. So let us start from the beginning. From verse 21 where we read, the scripture enjoins us to submit one to another as unto Christ. Remember, this text or this letter was written to the Christian community. It was written to the church in Ephesus. Paul was addressing the congregation. This congregation included male and a female. It also included people who were married as a family. And he said to them, be submissive one to another as unto the Lord. What this suggests is that as a Christian, you are first a Christian before you are a man or woman or before you are a husband or wife. So whether or not you are married, this letter that Paul is written or has written that the letter that the Holy Spirit is conveying to us is that we should submit to one another first and foremost as brethren. So it will not be wrong for me as a married man to call my my wife a sister and she also call me a brother because as long as we are Christians, We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are brethren. We are brothers. We are sisters one to another. And the Lord is saying that we should submit to one another. We should lay down, fall down for one another as it were. If you picture in your mind the kind of play that some animals play, you will see people have made proverbs out of it. They say, when you fall for me, I will fall for you. That is how they play. That is how nature relates with one another. That's what this submission is talking about. It is a state where each one of us do not try to exalt ourselves over the other. The Lord is enjoining us to submit, to fall for the other. The word submission or to submit has several meanings, but the one that most appropriately captures the context in which scripture is talking about is yielding. To yield is to willingly offer your authority, lay down your authority to another person. That is what it is. It is not a conquest. It is not a a state where somebody is being conquered or somebody is being uh, subdued, which are the other definitions or synonyms of submission, but rather the person willingly yields himself to another person. That is what scripture is saying, one to another, as a member of the same Christian community, yield yourself to the other person. Why is that necessary? It's so that we will have a harmonious cohabitation, harmonious relationship, because if everybody is trying to exact themselves, what will have is rancor, what will have is misgivings, what will have is is, is bitterness. Remember in scripture, James chapter 3, the Lord started by saying, why do you have bitterness? Amongst oranco or amongst you is because everybody tries to have their way. That is why this letter is very important. We must come to that point where we yield one to another. So, in furtherance to that or to buttress how that should play out, Paul now said, for example, wives submit to your husband. Now, if you investigate that word, submit, like I said. What it means is to yield to your husband. Do not try to be a boss within... There cannot be two captains in the ship. So it is not a state of conquest. It is not a state of subduing, but a state of yielding. It is the choice of the wife to give herself, to yield to her husband's authority. So that is what scripture is calling for. Yield to, to him allow him that's what he's saying allow the man allow the husband and then in reverse paul now says to the husband love your wife if you look at that two words to submit and to love you would realize that paul is not saying anything different for example many of us have been in a loving relationship what we realize in most cases is that when we love What we do for the person we love is laying down our lives for that person. We become a fool. We yield our emotions. We yield ourselves. We become vulnerable, as it were, to the other person. So, whereas to submit means to yield, it means to also become vulnerable. Allow yourself to be vulnerable to the man, as it were, in the the context we are discussing. To love also means to become vulnerable to the other person how else can you say that somebody broke your heart it's because you have handed your heart to that person you became vulnerable you let down your your guards your defenses so when we say submit we are not talking of a case of subjugation or subduing or conquering as we talk about or as we project in the african context we are saying that the woman should allow herself to be vulnerable allow the man to you know to 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 rule over you in quotes become vulnerable to him become susceptible to him that is a loving response to somebody you love it means to let down your guards it means to let down your fences put down your defenses Don't come into a marriage or a loving relationship with all your defenses up and every time you are living as an individual, even in the marriage, put down your guard, yield, allow yourself, submit. And then in turn, he's not saying to the man, you also, Whilst the woman is submitting that is being vulnerable to you, you also must be vulnerable to her. To love is to become vulnerable, is to become open to somebody. So I have defined love. In this acronym, L-O-V-E, to love, L is to listen, to, to love, O is to be open to the other person, to love, V is to venerate, to esteem, to hold in high esteem the other person, and then to love, E is to empathize with the other person. So as a, as a married man, you cannot claim to love your partner when you are subduing her when you are lording over her. That is not love. And then scripture went ahead to relate our loving relationship with our wife to that which Christ did for us. You see how Christ does not lord over the church. Even God who created us, created us a free moral agent. He does not force us to accept his will. That is a loving relation, that is the perfect example that the scripture is trying to point to us. A situation where we, we, we even break the heart of Christ. He loved us to the extent where he died for us. That is the extent to which a lover should go. So whether you are the submission or you are the submitting end or you are in the loving end, what scripture is saying in essence is that both of you should become open and vulnerable to one another. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 and 25 says for this cause the man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh which is also repeated in the text we read and then verse 25 says both of them were naked and were not ashamed. What does that mean? They were both open to themselves. They were open to themselves. They were naked and they were not ashamed. How can you be open and not love? How can you be open and not submit? How can you be open and not become vulnerable? What that means is that this person should know your weaknesses and accept you for who you are. That is the ideal situation that the Lord is bringing us to in marriage. When scripture says that we are the members of the body of Christ, what is he projecting? That Christ opens up to us. If you read scriptures, he called his disciples friends. In, Matthew, in John chapter 15, he says, I now call you friends, because everything I know, I tell you. A servant does not know everything about the master, but as a friend, I am telling you everything. That is the relationship that God expects, that couples should be friends, that Jesus could call his disciples, the church, his followers, his friends. A father, a, a husband should be friend to his wife, and vice versa. So if you are not open, you are not vulnerable one to another, you are not linked in such a way that I know your strengths and weaknesses and yet do not judge you then we are not in a relationship that is healthy. This is what I believe that the scripture is projecting to us and that is where we need to major this discussion. So to round up this discussion, I believe that what the Lord is calling us or what is calling our attention to is to be open to one another love one another be vulnerable to one another submit to one another as a couple that is where it is it also went on to emphasize the primary emotional needs of both male and female whereas the primary emotional need of the man is respect the primary emotional need of the woman is love and when we understand this and give to each other what we need we'll have the needed balance that we seek in our homes So it is not a call to subjugate or subdue or conquer the woman. No, it is rather to be open. Woman, be vulnerable to your husband. Husband, be vulnerable to your wife. My name is TCP White. I am on a mission to positively change the world.